This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Feel. SC Johnson, a family company. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language. Like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Over in the main studios, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He is on Twitter at MGianotto. Mark, good day, sir. Well, Jeffrey, you predicted your memory was right on point. You said it was it got a got a brief mention on yesterday's show and had I think we truly realized what might be occurring around six o'clock last night. Um, I think we would have paid more attention to it even yesterday. But you had it right on the button. You mentioned, hey, doesn't Adam Silver usually do like his state of the NBA address like right when the finals start? And I was like. You know, that sounds right, but I haven't heard, you know, I don't know. Well, it is interesting how, so the two big stories that popped up this week, mm-hmm. DeAndre's attempting to return, mm-hmm. and then Adam Silver's comments about Ja Morant, we should have, like, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason for seeing the DeAndre story popping up, because yeah, we, these these were fastballs down the middle, and we just didn't see them. But th- last night was BP. Yeah. And we just kept the bat on our shoulder. In yeah. fact, actually, we just slept through. Yeah. No, we, we missed batting practice yes. is what happened. Um, and But you, you nailed it on the head, though, that uh, 
there would be a State of the Union address, and I, I think there were more questions. I, I'm not saying the majority of the availability was not spent on John Morant, but there were more questions asked about John Morant than anything else. I think there were three asked about John Correct. Morant at the availability um, among all the different topics that he discussed. And frankly, I'm pretty. I, I have not seen another soundbite from that press conference other than the ones pertaining to John Morant. I have not either. In fact, though, I don't think I've seen any other soundbite, though, than that first answer. Because you're right, he gave three different answers, and one of which kind of was a little bit more... A little softer. Yes, yeah. a little more encouraging. Yeah, a little soft. Like, he sounded more like a disappointed parent rather than angry parent, which is, I think, if you're a John Morant, Morant fan, a Grizzlies fan, what you're wanting here from the commish is disappointed commish, not angry commish. And we'll get into this in a second because it is Friday. What are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? Will we still be talking about this John Morant stuff? My guess is yes. But um, I think what you want here. No, Mark, we're, we don't, we don't want to take away from the finals. <laughs> Great job, Kamish. Great job. Success. Uh, I'll get into We can get into that. But you want disappointed Kamish, not angry Kamish. And I still think. Even though a lot of people, rightfully so, have taken his comments to mean, oh boy, this is going to be a significant exp-. It, it depends how you view John Moran. Some are like, just sternly, it's going to be a, it's going to, he deserves it. It's going to be a long suspension. Or it's like, if you're a Grizzlies fan, oh boy, this could be a long suspension. And here, here what I, else is on tonight? <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. Like, certainly what he said wasn't good for John Morant last night. But I also, I don't know. I it didn't sway me to change my mind on. I, I thought Ja was going to get a s- significant punishment. I've said it twenty games is what I've said from the get go, and I, I think I'm sticking to it even after Adam Silver's comments because I think twenty games is pretty significant for what he did. Yeah, now, let, let's listen to the one that's going around the the one that we're talking about. This yeah, we've got a lot to get to. Blake Topmeyer is going to join us. We'll talk Big Twelve expansion with him and the list, all that. But obviously, this is the biggest story. So let's hear the soundbite, and we'll we'll. We'll dissect it ourselves here in the moment. In terms of the timing, um, we've uncovered a fair amount um, of additional information. I think since I was still asked about the situation, I would say we probably could have brought it to a head now, but we made the decision, and and I believe the Players Association agrees with us, that it would be unfair to these players and these teams um, in the middle of this series to announce the results of that investigation. And given that we're, of course, in the offseason, he has now been suspended um, by, his, by the Memphis Grizzlies indefinitely, and so nothing is, would have changed anyway in the next few weeks. I, it, it seemed better to park um, that at the moment, at least any public announcement. And my sense now is that shortly after the conclusion of the finals, we, we will announce the outcome of that investigation. So, for a couple things. First off, let's start with the let's start with the meat of this. Right. The, the real news in there is the additional information st- thing. After that line, he said after he last talked, which I assume meant he was referring to the, the draft Malika, lottery, the Malika interview. Yes. What does he mean by additional information? I think everyone's gut reaction was that's negative. That's oh man, they found more. Like, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to go there. Like, what if that means? Well, we got Jaw's side of the story now too. I think though there's only two. I think there's only two possibilities though. Mm-hmm. I think it's either they did find 
they found either new events or they found new information about previous events that they did not have. Or, to your point, they've now gotten Ja's side of the story and maybe some things that Ja told them has checked out, and that would be a positive. But if you're making me bet no, which, is yeah. the, which of the two is more likely... The way the way he said it in the context, you I don't think it's again, I think your initial inclination is to go, Oh, that means they found more bad stuff. Well, so my initial Why in- would he say it if they you know, if it was more good stuff? Why wouldn't he just say like, Well, there's other there's two sides to this? Like he, there was a way to phrase it probably if it was truly gonna be something that was quote unquote good for job. So my suspicion, and again, one man's opinion, I think he is setting up I don't know if Jaws gonna like. I don't know if Jaws just gonna get quote unquote penalized for this last video. I think the additional information is gonna make it seem there's gonna they're gonna add more. They're gonna add more to make it a lengthy suspension. They're gonna give a suspension based on a pattern of Correct. behavior as opposed to like this, this one this one incident, and that's where things become dicier in terms of punishment. If you will, because who you know, you know, as he puts it later, like it's a fine, you know, essentially like him and Joe Dumars are going to decide this. Joe Dumars is like the head of, I think I forget what exactly his title is, but he's, he's in like charge. player. It's it doesn't he's, he have he has Kiki Vanderwegs old yeah, he's old suspension, gig, right? He's suspension guy. No, he's he's the heat position. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's the VP of sales at a at a company. Yeah, hire. He is the guy that takes all the brunt. Yeah, and um. I, I would just and so I, I don't know what that additional information stuff means, but and then the other part that was interesting is that very clearly they are doing this in conjunction with the players' union. Like he taught, he, he alluded to the fact that um, they've been consulting in some form or fashion with the players' union, which is what we expected. Yes, and I've just been working under the assumption that Miles Bridges got thirty games, and I view, frankly. Even if you take the totality of what Ja has done, these little incidents here and there, still think it's not as much as what as Miles Bridges beating the crap out of his wife in front of his own kids and pleading no contest to like domestic abuse. How about a warning next time you give that take? <laughs> I need my oven mitts for something that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like, and so if he got thirty games, you're telling me Ja's going to get more than that guy? who, by the way, was working out with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., according to Instagram here uh, of late, uh, or in the last day or two. Um, but, you know, they do need a wing. Well, can I give you a little Can I give you a little scoop from Bobby Sura from the uh, from Palm Beach? Absolutely. You want to give you a little Bobby Sura scoop? Oh, yeah. So just for uh, reference, if you weren't listening a couple hashtag, days ago. Hashtag Sura scoop. Yeah, Sura scoop. Yeah, he's definitely not listening. Um, so for, for reference, I met him at a pool at this resort I was at in Palm Beach, and he had... Uh, he was yeah, just. We were just talking. Our kids were playing, and you just start talking. He came. I'm a sports reporter. He's a former NBA player. Who you know? No, my wife goes. Why? Why was he talking to Mark? I go because Mark was there. <laughs> yes, um, but he had uh, he had he had played golf with Michael Jordan. Like as part of his trip, I guess the Grove is yeah, that's Michael his, Jordan's golf course. The Grove was near where he or something, but yeah, it's down. Grove, in, yeah, whatever. Um, and according to him. Sounds like the Hornets are keen on signing, uh, re-signing Miles Bridges because he's good friends with, uh, good friends with uh, Lamella Ball. So like they 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 feel like they're, they're, there's a set there was a sense from MJ. It sounds like 
that uh, even though Miles Bridges on the market, he's gonna the, the Hornets want him back. Above or below the mid-level exception? I didn't. We, we, that's not part of the Sura scoop. I'm sorry, I can't. You know, I can't. I can't go. I don't know about that. I'm just saying, maybe you lean into the bad boys now. <laughs> um, well, regardless, um, I went off on a tangent there, but it, with with Ja and uh, the players union, it's you know, I just. I don't. I, if you're the players' union, even if you think Jaw is a complete idiot for all of this, like allow you don't want Adam Silver to have to be able to just you know willy nilly hand out suspensions, and so I just especially for, given the fact that this feels like this is the first significant ruling under the new CBA where he has increased power and a first significant ruling that like really relates to social media use sure. too. It's like going to set a precedent in some way, and both in terms of the new CBA. And in terms of like social media missteps, if you will, and I just think if I'm the players' union, even if I think Ja is a complete idiot in all of this, I don't want I you know I need to be very cognizant of what number he's getting here in terms of suspension. And so, is there a workaround though? Because on paper, yes, he was suspended for thirty games, but in reality, he was on like double secret probation for a year. No one signed him. Yeah, I mean. I guess, yeah, you could maybe cite that, but like, would that hold up and say, like, uh, with an arbitrator if later on you're trying to fight something? I don't know about that. Uh, if there is, I think it could hold up in this sense. If, if there's like some type of paper trail in which the league said no one's touching, like, this guy's not touchable and he is in essence suspended, like, if there's a, if there's a way to prove that they disciplined him without officially announcing a suspension, I think it, I think, I just that think if work. I'm running the players' union, I don't want to have I don't want to like. Oh, I, I think they're 100 percent in that position. I don't think I'm I'm wanting that to be like oh well, handshake agreement that like the the handshake agreement that the Miles Bridges thing really was much stricter than what we officially announced. You, you know, know like, you know something that we haven't talked about though that actually interests me. So if I could have two questions answered, mm-hmm. one, what is the definition of significant? Because we keep hearing significant suspension because I agree with you. A 20-game suspension is a significant suspension. That means you are ineligible for all NBA, for the awards. Like that is a signif- That's a quarter of the season. But that doesn't seem to be what people are implying. Would you say that's fair or do you think that's my misinterpretation? I don't know. Say it one more time. Do you th- do you get the sense that when people are saying significant, they mean more than 20 games? Yeah, yes, I think so. Because to me like I'd like to I think so, right? I'd like to cl- that's what it feels like to me, but I'm willing to admit that that could just be it feels me like misinterpreting. When, it feels like there's a lot of people who are going le- using what Adam Silver said last night and just previously and just their general sense of the situation going I would I think a lot, like in my mind, when I hear significant from people, I'm thinking they're thinking it's half a year or more. Yeah, I, I think that's. I and think, I think that would be, like, I honestly think, like, if they give him a 40 game suspension, I can already tell you right now, and they don't present me with new information, like, you know, if it's just what we know right now, you know, and like, or, yeah, or I like, agree with you. And yeah. I would say this he said there's additional information. Let's say there's more to this, you know, let's say, let's say they come out and say he was drunk. While he did this gun incident too, 
Okay, like that's the additional information, or like, you know, because you know, I don't, I, I don't know. Is that is that really additional information? Because- well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if there's not another incident that we don't know about, if it's just these incidents we now know about. Like, 40 what? games would be ridiculous to me. I, I would, And I would write a column saying that. I'd say, like, this is a commissioner who feels like he's weak, who's having to, like, overstep because he's he feels like he got shown up by John Morant, and this isn't an actual, like, punishment. Yeah, this isn't a punishment that fits the quote-unquote crime. I can guarantee you I will write that if he gives him a half-year suspension. If he gets more than someone who beat up his, his girlfriend, wife, whatever, in front of their own children and got actually charged with a crime they'd be ridiculous yes so the but what if what if the new information is they can link they can link one of the guns to jaw like the like we don't really find out that there's another incident but unless previously see to me unless they can link unless they can prove that john morant violated their rules and brought a gun onto their onto a nba facility or an nba plane or whatever like he's allowed to own a gun Right, but I think that, like, what I'm saying is, like, what if... They now, it does say in the CBA, if you own a gun, you're supposed to, like, report... You have to, like, report it to them. You have to, like, let the league know that you own a gun. Now, did Ja properly do that? I, you know, like, I don't know. I would assume, but who knows? Maybe I you get him there, you I, know? I, like, actually, if, it's, if it's a gun that he hadn't registered with the NBA, maybe they can... But even still, I still don't think that's worth more than what the... It, it is his wife, by the way. Yeah, it's still not like worse than what Miles Bridges did, and I'm just gonna hold that thirty games up there. Especially if I'm someone representing Ja, like I'm holding that thirty games up there and going, "This is what you gave Miles Bridges a year ago. He was charged with a crime, pled no contest. There's video of him doing it. I don't think there's video. I think there's photos. Photos. There's okay. photos of the aftermath, which are horrific. And so, but I think that's that's also the weird thing to me. Why does video impact us so much? Because it's one thing when we know Ray Rice has suspended two games for beating up his fiance. As soon as we see the video, never plays another down. Like what? It, there is seems to be like the fact that we don't have the video of that, even though the the photos that we've seen are horrific. Like it, it puts it in this different category, but, and yet. When you see a four-second video of Ja, it's like, ooh. But I will say, I think 20 games is significant. Like, everyone's saying this is going to be a significant punishment or suspension. Like, I think 20 games is really significant. 20 games means he's not making the All-Star game. 20 games means he's not making All-NBA. 20 games is a quarter of the season. Yeah. No, I, like, I agree with you. That's why That's I, like $10 million here's the other in thing. salary. Here's the other question that I would like to have the answer to but this is one I know we won't get an answer to. I'd really like to know internally how the Grizzlies feel because I suspect, given some of the comments and also how quickly, like, they immediately suspended him indefinitely and it was a pretty, like, cold statement that they released. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder, like, it's one thing if, like, you're sitting there, if, if, the Grizzlies feel this is a, like, what they're doing to him. Like, Jaw's a victim. They're picking on him. They're making an example of him, and they're fighting for him. I think it's completely different, though, if the Grizzlies are like, whatever the punishment is, the punishment is, with the implication being 
we've not been able to get through to him. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will get through him because well, in the end, what's best for them is whatever gets Ja to his best form. See, I don't know if I, I do sense there's a a different uh, tone from the Grizzlies on this one than previous ones. Whereas on previous ones, they were actively defending him, and I think with this one, there this situation, they are just kind of. I don't necessarily think they're like. I think they're just like. We're going to take a step back here and let the league handle it. Like, we're not going to, like, obviously there's a problem here. Well, like, like I we'll think let, they all, everyone's acknowledged. We'll let the system play out. Like, yeah. obviously there's a problem here. I don't think they're actively working for or against him. Yeah. Um, but I also think in this, but part of why that's the case is, like, I do think in this instance, the more appropriate op- apparatus for that is the players' union, anyways. Like, for some, who's going to actually sure. fight for him in this situation? The appropriate apparatus is the players' union. To do so. And now I will be interested. Um, I don't know if you noticed this. Jaron Jackson Jr. is, I guess he reco- maybe it was recorded today or whatever, but Paul George's podcast is promoing that Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be on the podcast Monday. I think they've already recorded it, but it's going to get released Monday. I'll be interested to hear if he, if Paul Pierce, I guess weird, or not Paul Pierce, Paul George, as weird as this is to say, like, you know, like, since none of us have been able to speak with anyone on the Grizzlies since all this happened, yeah. like I will be interested. I would assume at some point in that podcast, Paul George is going to ask him about John Morant. And I will be interested to hear what Jaron Jackson says because Jaron Jackson Jr. is involved in this in a way no one else is in Memphis because he is now a vice president of the Players Union. So he is probably privy to some things that other people are not because of that. And I'll be interested to hear. He's not going to obviously – Jaron's not going to – give away state secrets or anything, but I will be interested to hear like his tone, you know, like how, how he talks, just like everyone's dissecting how Adam Silver has been talking about Ja. I will be interested to see or hear however the podcast ends up coming out, like how Jaron talks about Ja if he's asked about him. Don't you suspect though it'll be kind of a non-answer? I would. Yes. Yes. I would think so. And like, or like, will Paul? I mean, I don't Paul George is not obligated. He's not a journalist. Like, Correct. he's not necessarily gonna. De- like, if if Jaron before the interview goes, hey man, like I don't really want to talk about job. Like, I think yeah. Paul George. Whereas, like some journal, like if some journalists like me well, would probably be like, I'll, well, come on, I gotta ask like one. I can't not ask about. It. I no, wouldn't be I doing actually, my job. Paul I, George is probably gonna be like, yeah, that's cool. I think it makes sense that he's doing Paul George's podcast and not like Draymond's. Like, I think Draymond. I give him credit. I think Draymond would at least like be like, uh, no, we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then the other part of all this, when you when you played back that quote from Silver, is the whole like, listen, we all agreed, like we don't want to take attention away from the NBA finals by releasing this. And it's like, what a like in the aftermath of all this, like immediately I was also I said this to myself. I go, what a load of crap. If you really didn't want it to be the attention on the finals, no comment. Or yeah. like hey, listen. There's an ongoing investigation. You give a non-answer. Yeah. When we're ready to release details, I'll comment on it. And that's, you know, if you truly, if you truly felt you didn't, that the reason you're not releasing this now is because you didn't want to take attention away from the final. Like, we haven't talked about the finals one second today. Well, Those and, talk and- shows, like, yeah, they're talking about the finals, but you know what's getting equal weight? John Morant and what you said about John Morant last night. And to me, it's like either you tell us what the suspension is because you clearly know what it is, or don't comment on it. 
what he did last night to me was kind of it was just uh, it was so lame. It was just like ugh, ch- chicken ass is the word really that I keep coming back to. I can't say it on bush air. league. Yeah, bush league. It was just like you know, it's just like. You like it was a very N- you know what it was league. it was a very NCAA move you know how like you always talk about when like one it's of the part of the punishments old, part yeah. of the punishment for like Ole Miss and Memphis when they were involved in these NCAA investigations was like the cloud lingering over them and and how long it takes is part of the punishment where like yeah you're not officially sanctioned but like you can't recruit the same because whatever and like it feels like that's what he was doing to Jaw last night it's like. You know, listen, I'm going to I'm going to basically give some cryptic clues here that hey, listen, this is not good, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is. Um and I don't want to take away from the NBA finals. Oh, well, I think although I honestly I don't even think he said this is not good. I think he said, you know, this it, it could be it could be nothing. Could be really bad. It's <laughs> it was almost like that. It was almost like it was just intentionally cryptic. I do agree with you that it was bush league. I'm also I've noticed as I've gotten older when something goes according to how I expect it to, it causes less of emotional reaction for me. And to me, that was completely predictable. Like, they were going to do this whole, uh, listen, we're not going to take away from the finals. We're, we're, we're not going to talk. You know, we're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. And so that kind of went with it. But at the same time, it was the fact that he was gay, like he answered it and then said we're not going to talk about it, that's – that's pretty bush league. The other thing, though, that I kept thinking, do you think that they were planning on actually doing your idea of the Memorial Day dump, but Boston, Boston, Boston kept ex- winning? Yes. I wouldn't be surprised, right? It, like, I think if that Boston series had ended early, it ended in four or five games, I, it made the most sense to, if you truly, if again, if Adam Silver's real goal and his actions don't suggest that is the actual real goal because it didn't. He ba- he overshadowed game one of his own finals when he said he didn't want it. Now part of it was the game was not that good of a game. I think that played into it too. But yeah, like dumping it on that Friday before, no one would have talked about it. The other thing though, the other thing though, because some I- people have assumed like doing it this way. Oh man, this like the assumption has been, man, this he must this must be a really long suspension if he doesn't want it to overshadow the finals. Or is it? And I would or argue is it, is it a really short suspension? Well, like, I, but I would argue shorter than expected. I would argue it doesn't matter how long the suspension is. Jaws become such a big story. Even him just talking about Jaw overshadowed a finals game. So of course, whatever suspension Jaws going to get is going to overshadow the finals. If I it guess the thing occur. that was confusing to me. So Miami wins on Monday, correct? Sun. Yeah, it was Monday. Monday. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure it was Monday, Monday night. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was Monday night. Yes, it was Monday. Yeah. Why not? If you why 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 not Tuesday? Why not Wednesday and get it done before the finals? Well, because they have like NBA Finals media days now. I don't think they like. Yeah, but isn't that kind of a good? Isn't that a good distraction? Like, hey, everybody's going to be doing that. You know what I mean? Like that. I think I I actually think once you got past that Friday at Memorial Day, I do actually think it makes sense to now do it after the like. Let's say the final. Like, okay, but what? Here's here's my other thing. I don't expect this thing. To go long, but again, last night was actually not an outlier in terms of a game one. What we've historically seen, home team game one usually has that type of win. Mm-hmm. Especially, well, especially home team that's had eight days off compared to Correct. away team that's just got through a grueling Correct. series and is you know had to turn literally, Correct. literally went from Boston to Denver, never went home. But Mark, 
Nobody's won on the road yet. Mm-hmm. And also, nobody's won two games in a row. No, yep, Just like JVV, yep. JVG said. This series can still technically go seven games. That means it can go to June 18th. Mm-hmm. And then the draft is what, the 20, 22nd? 22nd. And are they really going to release it on well, the parade what, day? Because if they release it on the parade day and it's Denver, Denver's going to Well, go what I bananas. would say, parade day doesn't, no one else outside of Denver really pays attention to the parade I, at that point. Or, I agree, or Miami. But, but, but also, I would say this. The reason do you, you want to overshadow the draft? Well, Isn't no. this, their, this, young man, this young men's big moment? What I would say is if you're talking to a and then if you talk to a PR professional about this, what they would counter with is the draft in that moment is good being so close because people will turn the page quickly. It'll be a, it'll be a big deal the day it comes out. But then the draft is a big enough event where people will turn the page to the draft past the job okay, quickly. I, it gives you something to turn to quickly. I, I'm with you, but you know what's bigger than the draft? Hmm. The finals. I, it still doesn't make why not do this Tuesday or Wednesday? I would argue not this finals. It, no, I mean, the draft is only going to have like 2 million people yeah, watching. Uh, like, watching, but like paying attention, you've got like every college basketball fan in the country, you know, big college basketball fan in the country watching like their. But the finals is a, the media right. attention. Right. It's a much bigger yeah, internationally, event. Internationally, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, for sure. It's a much bigger event. So then the other thought was what if he waits till after the draft? Was that fair to the Grizzlies? Well, here's why I think— And you give it to them on double—you tell them, hey, just don't tell anyone, but well, this is what you're dealing with. So I I guess this would be my argument. It seems to me, based on his comments, mm-hmm. they basically got this thing wrapped up, and they know what it is. Mm-hmm. The best way I could say is, it's like when you get a job offer— Do you offer, think it's going to leak between now and then? Uh, when I heard it, I go, oh, man, are they really going to be able to keep it under wraps? Like, I, I would assume— Woj and sh- Woj especially is probably under like I bet you Woj knows no, I think- and is under orders not to do it. Like the NBA has been like, listen, like Woj and Shams and those types, my guess is they be- they know it, but like if they want to keep their access to the league, so to speak, they gotta they gotta play ball. So you know, that type so of thing. So my suspicion is no, it doesn't leak. And they're playing ball with them being like, hey, here's what they'll know when it's gonna be released. You can have the story ready to go. And so yeah. that way, like you, you can have it that way. I think if it were going to leak, it probably already would have. But the reason why I think you can do it, you can do it post draft now, it seems to me that the NBA is treating this suspension this suspension kind of like you would a verbal job offer. Well, he made it very clear he's going to do it shortly after the finals last night. So, like, that's what he said pretty explicitly. Right. It's going to happen shortly after the finals. Right. So does that mean... It's going to happen a day or two after the finals end before the draft. Right. So does that... Well, I think... I'm very curious. If the thing went seven, I would be curious to know if it went after the draft. Because I do think the Grizzlies and I think Ja roughly know what what the suspension is. They just haven't gotten the final offer sheet. Like, to sign off. But does this mean now we should just root for the Nuggets to just sweep them? So we can just find out? Correct, and get it over with? <laughs> I do want to know what we're dealing with here. I am or is it, anxious. I mean, listen, spirit of full disclosure, peek behind the curtain, like, it's better for us for this just to keep going on? Well, there's not, like, how many more angles can you attack this from is the only other thing. No, like, I mean, hand up. I am sick. No, because I will say, once the suspension comes out, it'll be a huge deal for a day or two, and then the story will die. 
until like the season starts. I suspect that is the that's what we've been seeing until we it'll be another, unless there's another video. there'll be another round once we get to training camp. Or well, frankly, what if he's not at training camp? That's the other thing we haven't we haven't answered. Like if he if he's suspended, is he not allowed to report to camp? Yeah, I don't know. I would. Yeah, I don't know. Have we had anyone else? Is there any other precedent of people who were suspended at the Before very the beginning season? of a year, like for an extended amount of time? I would suspect he's allowed to go through training camp. Well, right? I mean, we know right now he's suspended from Grizzlies activities. Yeah, that's true. I have no idea. Oh, boy, it'll be fun. Well, it's interesting because then there's the other comment. We've only gone through, like, one, you know, one, basically his answer to the first question. And um, I do think his other answers were, again, I don't know what exactly to read into him, but I think they were maybe. They sounded in, more merciful. Yes. Um, in assessing what di- di- discipline is appropriate, uh, if that's the case, you know, you want to leave that open. Hey, we might not suspend him. Yeah, we, yeah you are. Uh, we look at both the history of prior acts, but we also look at the individual player's history as well and the seriousness, of course, of the con- of the conduct. So those are all things that get factored. It's not an exact science. It comes down to judgment at the end of the day on the part of me and my colleagues in the league office. So that's about just the general. Like this is a gut. Whatever number gets out there, whatever number he gets, it, it was a gut take from Silver and Company followed by some negotiation with the players' union, right? Yes, that's that's probably what it's going to be. What it, that's that was what I in, in, implied to me. Um, and then he was also asked whether now he considered considers the NBA's eight game suspension in March to have been too light. He was asked that by I believe Vince Goodwill of Yahoo mm-hmm. Sports asked him that, and he said, "So in hindsight, I don't know if it had been. Oh, excuse me, I've thought about that." Silver said, "For me, at the time, an eight game suspension seemed very serious." The conversation we had felt heartfelt and serious, but I think Morant understood that it wasn't about his words. It was going to be about his future conduct. So in hindsight, I don't know. If it had been a 12-game suspension instead of an 8-game suspension, would that have mattered? It seemed appropriate at the time. To the extent that we've all seen the video and it appears he's done it again, I guess you could say maybe not. But I don't think we yet know what it will take to change his behavior. He went on to say, Morant, quote, seems to be a fine young man in terms of my dealings with him. He's clearly made some mistakes, but he's young. I'm hoping now, once we conclude at the end of our process what the appropriate discipline is, that it's not just about the discipline. It's about now what we, the Players Association, his team, and the people around him are going to do to create better circumstances going forward. That's ultimately what's most important here. Like that sounded a little, you know, that sounded like disappointed dad, not angry dad. Yeah, yeah, but that, that sounded like disappointed dad. That also sounds like uh, let's try, let's see if a lengthier suspension yeah. might 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 catch on. This if he time. doesn't get it, if he doesn't yeah. get it half a, if Correct. half a season doesn't get him straight, what yeah. will? Well, but, let's let's we'll 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 just keep. It's the dad instead of you know suspending you or whatever, grounding you for a month didn't work. Let's try two this time. Yes, yeah, that, that's twenty games to me. Like that feels like twenty games. Like twenty games is a lot of games. Uh, All these people talking about forty or a whole season—it's like nuts. He didn't get charged with a crime. I, I'm, I'm. It's nuts. I still think I would bet the over. All right, when we come I'm back, sticking with twenty. Let's turn our attention to. I'll con- die on it. Let's turn our attention to conference expansion. Let's talk the SECs. What's their schedule going to be? We'll discuss all that with Blake Topmeyer next, right here on Jay Otto and Jeffrey, ninety-two-nine FM, ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Coming up at 4 p.m., it's the Gabe Kuhn Show with the tallest lineman on the radio. In fact, the only lineman on the radio, Gabe Kuhn. Weekdays from 4 p.m. till 7 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN. I have so many people tell me they hear my ads on this station and that they want to know if I'm really as bad a golfer as everyone says. This is Sheldon Rosengarten with Mark's Benzdorf Realtors. And yes, I hate to say I am. I wish I were in my 90s because I could then tell people I shoot my age. But being a bad golfer is not terrible because I devote so much of my time to selling homes to keep my clients happy. Over the many years in the real estate business, I developed a highly successful strategic marketing program, not merely a listing program. Using preparation, presentation, and proper pricing, it works. If you're thinking of selling, talk to two to three real estate brokers and make sure that I am one of them. Find out why people often say that when you want the job done, call Shell Dunn at Shell Dunn Rosengarten, 483-0546 or memphisrelocate.com. Do it now. Shell Dunn. 483-0546 or memphisrelocate.com. For nearly 18 years, we've been delivering brand new vehicles right there in the Memphis market. And now we're excited to announce that Red River has a Toyota store right here in Wynn, just a short hop across the river to get the best deal on a new Toyota than anywhere else in your state or our state. Or we can bring it right to Memphis and drop it off in your driveway. You can order yours online right now at redrivertoyota.com and we'll bring it to you. So check us out at RedRiverToyota.com or come see us and win. Are you ready to sink your teeth into something truly delicious? Look no further The Topps Barbecue, a Memphis tradition since 1952. Topps has world-class cheeseburgers, tender brisket, ribs, hickory smoked pork, and so much more. And by more, we also mean breakfast. That's right, Topps Barbecue is now serving breakfast. You can start your day off right with a grilled breakfast BLT sandwich and coffee at 11 of their 17 Mid-South locations with more on the way. So come on down to Tops and taste what everyone is raving about. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Our summer festival continues with boneless beef chuck roast. On sale now for only $4.99 a pound with your card in the family pack. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This afternoon, clouds and sunshine with a high of 91. Weather brought to you by Twisted Tea. 
Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Made with real brewed tea and a 5% kick of alcohol. Look for the bright yellow cans in store. Twisted Tea. Keep it twisted. Finding great people to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But not with ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology delivers so many qualified candidates. It's like finding a needle in a needle stack. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Blake Tomars, the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. You can read his work in the Commercial Appeal. You can listen to his podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, available each and every week. He's on Twitter at B. Topmeyer. Blake, is it a national emergency that the SEC is only going to play eight, eight, eight conference games? games? Only eight games? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a national emergency. I do think it, it comes off incredibly weak. You know, you're going to a 16-team conference. Uh, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12 have been playing nine conference games for years. Yeah, but those uh, aren't SEC games, Blake. That's like yeah, ex- that's like three SEC games. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, that'll that'll be the narrative in the South. Um, I think it's a phony narrative. Um, Blake, is pack- it really college football if Kentucky can't get bowl eligible? Come on. Right. I mean, right. God yeah, forbid Ken- Mark Stoops doesn't get that automatic extension. With the race, he's got to have room to play their Tour de Mac opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to have Ball State, Bowling Green, Central Michigan. Uh, your, your general fare there, but no, I think there's a couple reasons. One main reason why they're staying at eight, and, and I think it's money. You know, Greg Sankey can say all he wants that money doesn't drive the bus, and maybe for him, maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. But Greg Sankey didn't get a vote, and I think there was a belief within the conference of why give away the leverage they have on ESPN, which, you know, probably would prefer a ninth conference game, but ESPN at this juncture is not ready to pony up additional revenue. And so I think there's a thought by some in the SEC of of why give that product away without more money. Now, I also think, though, that's a cop-out from some schools who really didn't want to play an extra conference game anyway, but were kind of sheepish about saying so or sheepish about voting that way, well, now they sort of have the, the cover here of, well, ESPN didn't give us more money, so it's bad business to give it away for free, when in reality, some of these schools didn't want it anyway. Now, here's my question, because Sankey has been quick to say in response, like, we just voted in a transition year not to do it, like, uh, giving this, the vibe of, listen, this is like a one-year thing, and we might revi- we're going to revisit this. That was the vibe I got. Right. Um, one, do you believe that? Two, I guess, will they be pressured into, you think, by the response to this, into doing it, or will that not factor into this at all? I don't think they're going to be pressured in by, like, media or fan response. The way I look at it is, like, the decision is now taken out of their hands. Like, the SEC presidents and chancellors had one chance to willingly embrace a nine-game schedule, and they, they passed. They kicked the can down the road. 
Now the decision is going to be taken out of their hands, and it's going to be decided by one of two entities. It's either going to be decided by ESPN, who will say a year from now or two years from now, money whip them into adding that ninth conference game, at which point they're not going to say no. If not ESPN, the college football playoffs going to decide it for them. The first time there's an instance where it comes down to like the final at-large bid and it's say nine and three Tennessee or nine and three Penn state or nine and three Auburn and nine and three Michigan state. And the bid goes to that big 10 team Mm-hmm. instead of the SEC, and we hear from the college football playoff committee, well, you know, strength of schedule, tip the scales, uh, because, of course, the Big Ten plays an extra conference game. A lot of those Big Ten teams do not play an FCS opponent. The SEC does. As soon as that happens, uh, the nine-game schedule. Yeah, but what about that 5-7 and seven Missouri team that would have been 6-6 six and six and saved Eli Drinkwitz's job? Well, hey, Missouri wanted the nine-game schedule anyway. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Quote, it was quote unquote a unanimous vote, but Missouri's been one of those the loudest supporters of a of a nine game schedule. I guess if you go down, go down swinging, huh? No, I do love the unanimous vote. If you've ever seen Death of Stalin, there's a great scene when they when they unanimously like everyone. If you do, all in favor, raise your hand, and like half of them weren't going to raise their hand. All in favor, raise your hand, then everyone eventually raises their hand, and the vote passes unanimously. Like that is exactly what an SEC vote feels like. I guess maybe it's not as applicable because it does feel inevitable, as you say. Isn't this also bad business? Because I know the SEC, like, you know, they believe, hey, hey, you know, people are going to show up no matter what. I'm noticing a growing trend amongst all fan bases where instead of buying that season ticket package, I've noticed a lot of people are like, you know what? I don't even really care about two games. Like, I'm traveling anyway. Like, I can watch these other ones at home. But I'm not getting. I'm not going to pay the donation. I even if I pay, you know, double face value for the seats I want, I'll just go get them on StubHub or whatnot. Like I feel like you need more quality games to start enticing people to buy season tickets again. Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri coach, would agree with you wholeheartedly. I, th- I thought uh, maybe most- I'm. Do I need to? Do I need to reconsider? No, actually, because Drinkwitz, though he may be an average football coach, I thought spoke really profoundly. Uh, during his time at the pulpit this week, like his, he was saying all these things. Like normally, coaches, you know, they, they won't admit this, but they're looking out for themselves. But Drinkwitz made a lot of points when he was advocating for a nine-game schedule. He said, like, look, for the future of the business, we can't ignore what the people who are showing up and paying for these seats actually want. And and what do they want? They want rivalry games. They want conference games. They want games that matter. What they don't want is these cupcake games um, against teams where before you even enter the stadium, you know, the, the home team, uh, State U, is yeah. going to beat up on that directional school by about 45 points um, if the directional school is lucky enough to keep it that close. So, yeah, I, I thought, uh, you know, say what you will about Drinkwitz's performance on, on the sidelines for the last few years, but I, I thought he made a lot of good points, and it's, it's points you don't hear coaches say. Like, they'll talk about – uh, what's best for the team, and what that really means is what's best for the coach uh, or what's best for the business, et cetera. But one thing you rarely hear is what's best for the people who are actually spending, spending money on this product. You're right. I don't, I don't think the fans uh, want tickets to these, these garbage games. And not only that, uh, your media partners don't really want that. Now I guess the SEC's argument would be, well, if ESPN wants this extra conference game, they're going to pay for they it. Need yeah. to, they need to pay for it. Yeah. 
Well, and I would just say, like, the point of being a conference is playing the other teams in the conference. No, it's not. It's about pump- poking your chest out <laughs> and like having two good teams and then taking credit for it. When for you have this many teams and only play eight conference games, it just is inevitable. You're not like you're. You shouldn't be playing someone once every six years in your conference. That's ridiculous. Well, and, and the way this model is set up to, to get rid of divisions, they are going to play each other much, yeah. much more frequently. So that that part will be taken care of. But but the overall point of yeah, you got a 16-team conference, and you're only going to play eight of the teams. And, and here's sort of the irony of this. You know, a couple months ago, Nick Saban in his interview with Sports Illustrated complained about how unfair Alabama's three rivals were, LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee, in a nine-game schedule. Well, now, because the SEC has said in 2024 they're going to work to preserve those rivalries anyway, Alabama's going to end up probably playing those three teams anyway in an eight-game schedule. And Greg Sankey made a good point this week. He said, the more conference games you play, the fairer it is across the board. You see it in basketball all the time. Like a team will get the number one seed in the conference tournament because they just had the easier conference schedule. Like they only played the other, the number two, three, and four teams once because of an unbalanced schedule. Purdue. Yeah. Like, yeah, and you got to play it out a little bit. You think on the surface, like, wait, more conference games is fair. But, like, if you think about it, if you played a one-game conference schedule, one team would have to play Vanderbilt, and another team would have to play Alabama, and another team would have to play Georgia. That's incredibly unfair, right? The more and more conference games you add, the more you sort of spread out the balance of power, and, and, and maybe you get a top dog one week, and you get an easier opponent the next week. And so it does make sense, you know, the more conference games, the fairer it is, the fairer the standings are, um, the more likely it is that you get the two best teams in the conference championship game, which is actually really important, I think, because we know every year, I guess we don't know this for sure, but let's be realistic, the SEC is going to get a minimum of two teams in a 12-team playoff every year. If you go to Atlanta, you're getting in the playoff. And so I do think there's something to be said for more conference games, a fairer schedule, um, and you, you get those top two teams right going to Atlanta, and then both those teams head to the playoff. Well, and this might be a too hypothetical of an exercise because we can't truly get into the mind of Greg Sankey and his underlings, but there's gonna like what is going to be the most prominent game that doesn't happen because of this? Like very clearly, like, you know, the Iron Bowl is still going to be happening, sure. and, and the, the cocktail party is still going to happen, and... You know, maybe even, you know, Alabama, Tennessee will be safe. But like, and Texas, Texas A&M is going to happen. And I'm assuming Texas, Oklahoma will still happen. What is like the most notable game, though, that we could lose? Uh, At least on an annual basis because of all this. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I think in 2024, they are going to work to preserve all those rivalries. Because I think there's a belief within some in the conference that this is a one-year stopgap. And by 2025, they're going to go to the nine-game schedule, in which case you have three rivals per team, so you can preserve kind of all those top rivalries. So I think you're going to see a whole bunch of the rivalries preserved in the one-year stopgap. I mean, long-term, regardless of what model they go to, I think like Florida-Tennessee is a game that's no longer going to be played annually. Even in a nine-game model with three rivals, I don't think Florida is going to end up as one of Tennessee's rivals so I think a game like that, you know, is one that, you know, depending on what age you are as a fan, maybe that game is not important to you. But if you're, say, someone my age, mid-30s or even in your 40s, and, like, 
Jeffrey was just no, mentioning it, it the it, other day. It's dude, like the unofficial start of the SEC. Season the at SEC time. on CBS always began with Tennessee, Florida. This year it's freaking South Carolina, Georgia. Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys. I was born in '87, so you know I remember strongly college football in the '90s. I don't I don't remember what was going on in college football in 1988 when I was one years old. Uh, but it, but in the '90s, that's kind of when I started forming college football memories. And so obviously in the '90s. Tennessee versus Florida in most seasons was one of the most important games on the calendar. Now it hasn't always been that way post Spurrier and post Fulmer. Um, but I think a game like that, it's not going to be played every year. Um, I got one for you. Yeah. Bama LSU. Well, that depends. Um, I think that game will be preserved in this one year stopgap. Mm. And then if the nine year model comes into place by 2025, I think Bama and LSU will be among each other's three rivals, and so that will continue every year. Like, if this if this isn't a one year stopgap, and they and and they keep the the eight game schedule for multiple years, then yes, Bama LSU. Like, will who be, would LSU's rivals be though? If you're be Bama, Ole Miss, if you're, who else? If you're Bama, do you really want Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU? You don't, and and Nick Saban has said as much um and that's one reason why after a a decade of pandering for a nine-game schedule all of a sudden alabama turned heel at the 11th hour and said nah even though our coach said he wanted this for 10 years he no longer wants it um but i do think and greg sankey's made this point a number of times and and i kind of agree with him across nine games you that's what you really have to look at like we kind of get caught up in these rivals of like oh this collection of three rivals is, is a little bit tougher than this team's collection of three rivals. But we really have to look at it across nine games because if you have three of the tougher rivals among your three... Yeah, that, you know, lighten, three that lightens your pool of six. Yeah, it lightens your pool of six. And so that's the part of this that kind of gets forgotten is like you really have to look at it in the totality of nine games. And I've mocked this up. Like I've mocked up like um, you know possible nine-game schedules for say like Alabama and, and Kentucky... And really, like, if you take the name off at the top, <laughs> you, it, it's really hard to kind of distinguish, like, wait, who schedules this? Because they, they kind of look pretty even, you know, because if, you, if you're a team that gets maybe a couple of weaker rivals, well, that means your pool of six is, is full of a, a bunch of juggernauts that you're going to draw. So it does sort of even out across the nine. All right. The other thing you've written about, and it's, it's been kind of interesting this week to hear Colorado comments. Greg Sankey said this week he's not focused on expansion. Mm-hmm. Brett Yormark said the exact opposite. They had very, very productive conversations about well, expansion. And, oh, by the way, we, we're, we're thinking about basketball schools, too. Well, it was laugh-out-loud funny. Um, who's, who's the columnist for the Austin Statesman? Um, Kirk Bowles. Kirk, Kirk Bowles. Bowles. Yeah. Did you see his Joe Castiglione quip? No. Uh, he said Castiglione walked in to a meeting with a computer, and he's like, I'm on a Zoom with the Big 12, and they're talking about expanding. Again, he was at the he was doing the SEC thing. So, like, it, it is, it is fascinating. And then you hear Colorado, you know, Colorado saying, you know, if money weren't the issue, we'd stay in the Pac-12. Like, which I kind of acknowledge. Like, that's amazing to sit there and go. If we just eliminated the decision making process, we'd stay here. <laughs> yeah. If the thing that's spurring this yes. whole thing on wasn't the if thing the number that was- one priority no longer applied, we'd be here. Yeah, in other words, if some network just dumps a, a, a bucket of cash on, on the Pac-12 at the 12th, you know, at the 11th hour, eh, maybe they'll stay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look like it's going to happen, right? It's, it certainly doesn't appear that way, although I'm, 
I don't know. I, I think I've mentioned this to you. It is fascinating that most of the people that have strong Pac-12 media rights takes seem to be people that talk to Brett Yormark. That's true, but I just don't know. Even if we take that part out of it, and, and I'm one that I don't talk to Brett Yormark, so I, I guess I fall in the camp of I'm, I'm not tarnished by his opinions. Um, ESPN, you know, right now they're, they're you know, Disney, if, if you pay attention to their, their stock, um, you know, that, that's a company in belt tightening mode a, a little bit, right? And Pat McAfee says know, what up. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, I don't know if there's any McAfee's inside the Pac-12 at this point. I don't think uh, there are. Yeah, it's sans uh, UCLA and, and, and Southern Cal. Um, so, yes, fair, fair counterpoint there. But, but I don't see ESPN backing up the Brinks truck um, no. to get carte car blanche access to the Pac-12. And then you look at some of these other networks, um, you know, they all have a hand in the Big Ten. Uh, some of them have, have a hand in the Big 12. It, it's like, so, I mean, I think really the Pac-12 needs one of these streaming companies to say, hey, we want to kind of get in on this college football action. We got some extra money to dump. Here, here you go. Um, I, I think that's sort of what they're, they're relying on at this point. I don't think ESPN is going to be the savior. Um, I'm not saying they're not going to want any of the content. I just question, you know, whether the deal is, is going to stack up next to some of these other leagues. But uh, in terms of the realignment and expansion, I do kind of believe what Greg Sankey is saying that the SEC's, you know, it's not a top of mind issue for the SEC because I think where the SEC would be interested in further expansion is with a couple of those ACC schools. Yeah. And as, as long as that grant of rights continues to, to glue them together, you know, despite all the squabbling we've heard from half the members in that league, it has held them together. You know, that's, that's been one league that hasn't been rated. As long as that glue holds, I think I, I believe Greg Sankey in that it's not a top-of-mind issue for the – I don't see them wanting Oregon. If, if we look at the way the SEC has expanded in the past, that's, that's yeah. not really the way they've done it. But if the ACC were to topple and, and someone could prove this grant of rights could be broken, then I no longer believe Greg Sankey's comments. I, I'm curious, with the Big 12, since that as – you, as you know, like the SEC is waiting for some other dominoes to fall before they mm-hmm. would actually act. With the Big 12, I'm of the belief – like. They should absolutely expand if they can go get those Pac-12 schools. Should they? Should they expand if they can't? Like, let's say they don't get Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Like those, those school, the Pac-12 schools don't. Like, like you hear this talk of UConn. Like, I'd love it for Memphis's sake if they chose to expand because that would give Memphis another shot at it. But like, you hear UConn, you're hearing Gonzaga from basketball standpoint. You hear like, you know, obviously STDSU. <laughs> yeah. San Diego State, SMU, UNLV or some schools, Memphis. Like, if you're the Big 12, like, doesn't – like, I don't – I would love it, again, if they would expand and include Memphis. It would be great for Memphis. But, like, I don't see how it makes sense for the Big 12 unless they're going and getting these Pac-12 schools. Do you, are you with me on that or do you disagree? I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I guess we'd kind of have to, to know the numbers on it, but just outside looking in, I question – Right, UConn's yeah, question, coming up. I question that the numbers are going to be good enough by adding UConn. I mean, you you add another seat at the table, but but how much do you kind of grow the the old pizza pie? Um, you know, if you had a large pizza and, and twelve people dining on it, and all of a sudden you go to an extra large pizza, but you got twenty people dining on it, 
you're better with a large za and, and the 12 people dining, right? Yeah. Um, so you, you really need to, to grow the pie if you're adding more seats to the table. And I just question how much a school like UConn, um, you know, all credit given to its basketball prowess, but we know that, that those basketball forward schools don't tend to grow the pie in, in the same way um, that, that the football forward schools do. Now, now I think, like, if for some reason you could get, say, like three Pac-12 teams, and this is like a wild hypothetical, and, and you wanted to round it out and you, you needed kind of a throw-in, then, then that's fine. I mean, you don't want a, you know, a 15-team conference. I know the ACC does that, but they can do it because Notre Dame is really only one foot in. Um, you know, if you, if you only get three Pac-12 teams and you need someone to round it out, sure, go, go get you a throw-in and that's fine. But if you strike out on the Pac-12 to just go grab a couple of, of basketball schools, I don't know, without seeing the numbers, I'm kind of unconvinced that's a smart move. Blake, we appreciate it, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Blake. So, that was Blake Chapmeyer, USA Today Network. I'm also I'm woke, SEC columnist. I'm woke on UConn. Yeah, I don't think that's stuff. I don't I think it makes no sense. So also the Big East is TV deal is coming up soon. That reeks of a that reeks of a let's do some flirting to get a better deal from the Big East. I just like I, again, I would love it if Memphis were included in these like I just find the mention of Memphis in this round to be very convenient, yes. if that makes sense. Um, and like, I've gotten no indication that there's like, you sh- like I, I certainly if I w- if I was advising a Memphis fan, take the approach of definitely don't get your hopes up this time. Be willing to be surprised on this one. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the classic. Like, if they wanted Memphis, they would have taken Memphis. Like, what this seems like is a play to go after those Big 12 schools. Or Pac-12 schools. And it makes sense, like, from their perspective. And anything else, if I was in the Big 12, I'd say, we either do this or we stay stay where we are. That's If I was a Big 12 president, that's what I would be saying. And I suspect that's what we'll see. Either they're going to add the Pac-12 schools. I just don't think they're adding those other ones. All right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 